Okay, we're gonna talk about operations tools today. Uh, so I'm Joanne, uh, I'm a partner at Foundation Capital. Uh, thank you, Sam and Slow Ventures for inviting me as I just noticed that I'm the only other investor that's speaking today. Thank you. Um, we, we've been around for 24 years investing in enterprise software. And one of the exciting things um, that <laughs> investors are very uh, happy about and very greedy about is the promise of automation. Um, the reason why is if you look at enterprise software in the last decade, there's you know, billions and billions of dollars of value created with companies that basically looked at human behavior and structured it, right? Like Salesforce is a perfect example of that. NetSuite is a perfect example of that. Structuring human processes and behavior. And I think the next decade, what's even more exciting is that the promise of automation will hopefully create 10x the value of just structuring human behavior. It's going to actually automate some of that, right? So investors are jumping up and down, like, let's, let's, let's do this. Now, the challenge with that is there is a huge difference from reality and um, the dream. And I think one of the pieces that's missing is how operations um, functions as part of this dream. So I think operations is slowly becoming the new product. Operations is the piece that enables automation to be possible. I also think that the other part that's missing is the human aspect of it. When automation is commoditized, what's, miss, what's left over is the employee experience and also the customer experience. Uh, and today, I'm super excited to have these three lovely panelists tell us how they're going to bring the dream of automation uh, to, to reality. So I'll let them introduce themselves. Sure. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Mila. I lead product at Zoom. I focus on emerging product initiatives. Um, most recently, last year, we launched uh, Zoom App Marketplace where a lot of third-party developers can develop um, plugins to our meeting, messaging, and other products that we offer. Hi, I'm Peter Kuykendall. I'm product management at Mercari, focusing right now, focusing generally on operations and making that hockey stick happen internally, focused right now on CX. Um, we're doing a lot of um, the steps that it takes to put automation in place. Perfect. And my name is Gerald Hasty, and I'm a global director of support and community service at Masterclass. And my focus is obviously on developing great tools and services for our uh, our students, which we call our customer students. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Why don't we start with getting a better sense of your business goals and metrics? Like, what would make you really happy at the end of this year? I can start. <laughs> uh, one of the biggest missions of our company, and our founder would agree, is delivering happiness to our customers. So whatever that means. Uh, for us, it's mostly through products that is reliable, and uh, it allows people to connect at the end of the day. Um, so beyond delivering happiness, kind of as a function of it, obviously, there comes growth objective. Um, there comes profitability objective. There comes efficiency objective. So we're going, we're approaching it from the angle of making a customer happy, and then everything else will follow from that. Yeah, um, some ways that what we're doing is similar, but so we've had a history of doing kind of built-in automation based on the tool sets that we have. So we're, from a CX perspective, I'll just talk to that. We're using Zendesk, and there's macros that get sent out at the end of every conversation. It turns out that 
they're very impersonal and robotic. And so we made a lot of unhappy people because of that. And so now we're putting in place, how do you take a conversation that had traditionally been semi-automated and make it much more personal? We're doing that through driving to chat. So we're going, um, we have a huge initiative around having chat, being chat-centric. Um, we have a huge initiative around automation to, to, plick off, to pluck off um, some of the incoming conversations that can be much more quickly um, solved because really you don't want to get in the middle of something that should be done automatically. Um, and make customers happy through that because they get a better, more human connection and they keep their, people remember, people remember things when they have really high emotions, that's, that's when memories get set. And so if we can reduce the emotional intensity, drive it down to zero, people don't remember bad situations, they just remember the happiness of getting through it. Um, so that's the goal. Uh, so for us, um, this uh, fourth quarter is our biggest kind of quarter, so holiday season. So uh, for me, at the end of the year, we'll be just kind of getting through all the support tickets I'm going to receive in the fourth quarter. Um, but the funny thing is, while I'm going through our biggest season, I'm actually swapping out Zendesk, uh, as a matter of fact. So we can talk about, uh, about that. But we're, I'm going away from Zendesk, so I'm building up a new tool. Uh, and then we're also going to be looking at chat and getting, getting set for 2020. So a lot of focus uh, this quarter is just, again, getting through the holidays, swapping out a whole new platform, CRM platform, and then getting ready for, uh, for 2020. Super interesting. So I've heard Zendesk lovers, Zendesk non-lovers. Um, how, how have you guys thought about which operations tools worked and which ones have you tried and haven't worked? How do you, how do you figure that out? For us, it's what gets in the way of happiness. It's, that's, the, that's the key thing. And if, if we, so the, the traditional customer service model is that somebody types in on their computer some frustration that they have. You got to think at the very beginning of that conversation, they're just like, I have a problem. By the last, most people don't like to write. And so by the time they get three, four, five sentences, now they've been obsessing for about five minutes on their unhappiness and dissatisfaction. So it starts off with, hey, I've got a problem. By the end, it's like, you guys are assholes and you're stealing my money. Um, and so if we can cut that um, and either through directly giving the people what they want right from the beginning, or we can turn it into a conversation so it's not like, so then it's, hey, I got a problem, and the answer is, great, well, what can we do to fix it? Um, it? It makes a completely different relationship. So the goal, but Zendesk as a tool is not, can't be at the center of that necessarily. Um, and what, which tools have you tried that haven't worked? So, Well, traditional ticketing systems just don't work because the center of the ticketing system is, that cust is the customer talking to the agent. So, How about you guys? Yeah. I, Ladies first. <laughs> um, I would second that. Definitely biggest pain points. How can you solve it quickly? The best products get to the, you know, cut to the chase quickly. And what we're seeing is really delivering happens is mostly A, reliability, but B, user experience. It's how do you shorten that user flow instead of five clicks or six clicks that it takes to get the job done? How can you do it in one or two clicks max? So like, get the user to where they need to be to the state of happiness as, as quickly as possible. And the best software, the best operation tools, they actually understand that, right? What, what does your stack look like today? So in terms of clicks, <laughs> um, depends on the, the frequency of uh, an action that the user is trying to perform, right? So whether it's a 
uh, CRM or Zendesk answer any ticket, right? Just make it super easy to a sales or support person or a salesperson to do their job, right? So just it, it entails basically revising the whole UX flow for the user and understanding where the friction is and removing that friction to the extent possible. And obviously, sometimes it's not possible, right? It just requires an extra API call to make it happen. But to the extent possible, just making it super streamlined. Um, so so that, that's one thing. Um, another thing is the work shouldn't feel like work, <laughs> ideally, right? So if you're asking a user to, do, to perform certain action, they should understand why they're taking that action, right? Whether it's uh, creating a new ticket, escalating, updating priority, making a, a call, whatever that is. Best tools, they educate a user on why they need to perform that action, that take that extra step should they require to do so. Are there tools that you are particularly in love with? <laughs> um, yes, uh, there's a few. Lately, my favorite is Airtable. But that's because my background before product management, I did finance, so I'm a spreadsheet nerd. So like, I think in ter terms of tables and columns, so it's heaven for me. Um, but uh, other than that, um, I really used to like Relate IQ that Salesforce acquired. Um, I really thought that they, they were going, they, they had really some amazing new innovation. Um, they brought some AI to just a pure CRM flow. Right, my favorite feature was if I had hadn't, you know, if I haven't talked to somebody for two weeks, there would be like a gentle nudge. Uh, hey, you haven't emailed, you haven't followed up that person, and it's been three weeks. <laughs> so, um, and I think that was I think five years ago, and I think Gmail is trying to do that now. So, in a way, their product was ahead of the curve. Um, so, any anything that can use AI to an extent that it could a either remind people to perform an action or guide them to the, the final stage of the funnel where they take that action and click that button so it doesn't feel like work to a user. That's, to me, that's the criteria for a tool. Got it. Any tools that haven't worked for you? <laughs> yes, there's quite a few. Um, I think some of them are already out of business, so probably <laughs> not worth mentioning. But usually, I think that's, that's kind of like a great indication. If, if the tool is working, if you hear users or customers rave about it, there's something about it, whether it's a user experience, whether it's reliability. So in the, in the way, best products, they kind of rise to the top. Gerald, how about, how about you? Have you thought about you know, using vendors versus building in-house? How have you guys thought about operations tools? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question. We're still kind of a startup company, so uh, we don't have the resources kind of built in-house. Given that, um, I would, uh, if we did have resources, I would consider not building uh, because my thought is there's a lot of great companies out there who have really great products. So, and that's not our expertise, right? Our business is online education. So we're not, our business is not building CRM tools and what have you. So even if we had the resources, I would, not, I would argue against that and say, focus on what we do best and get people who are very good at building the tools and, and buy those tools. And then you can tweak it to where, where you need to be. That makes sense. What tools have you tried? Um, I've tried a lot of different tools. So um, speech analytics tools I've tried. Um, I've had some good success with those. I really like those types of tools. Um, obviously, you've done some. Uh, like I said, I'm moving away from Zendesk to a different uh, CRM platform. Um, so uh, 
And so I like that uh, as well. Um, and then there's some new tools I'm liking around uh, telephony uh, as I migrate into doing more telephony, because right now we do a lot of email, and we're trying to move away from email and do more kind of telephony and chat piece. So there's a lot of tools I've seen in, in, in those uh, spaces. When, like. when you decided to move from Zendesk to something else, what were the things that you were trying to optimize for there? Yeah, so I don't want to be a Zendesk basher. Um, but okay, I'm we're not, in a safe space. Huh? We're in a safe space, yeah. I'm, I'm not a fan of Zendesk. Uh, this is my second time using Zendesk. Um, and to me, Zendesk is, is like a ticketing tool, and what I was looking for is more like an omni-channel type of platform. So I want to move away from a, a ticketing conversation with the customer to more of an overall conversation with the customer. So from so where I'm migrating to is more of a, a tool that has omni-channel presence for uh, for my agent. So when I'm looking at a tool, I'm looking at it like with my I'm looking at it from the from the customer perspective, make sure it's easy for them to use. But the same token, I want to make sure it's easy for my agents to use too, right? So it's got to kind of go both ways. So when I look at the tools, you know, what I evaluate is first is, what is the right process I want to have, right? What is the right journey I want to uh, take? And then based on that, then I say, all right, now what is the right organizational structure to make that happen, execute against that? And then last thing, then I look at the technology that says, all right, this technology, you got to do one or two things. You either got to um, automate things that we can automate or make it more efficient for my, for my agents or my folks. So that's kind of how I evaluate tools, looking at it from those, that, that lens, if you will. It's interesting. You guys have all talked about the customer experience or, or the employee experience here. Nobody has mentioned pricing. Like, is this a factor in your decision making? Of course it is. <laughs> so, it, it, it is a breaking point, right? Yeah. So it's... And how, how have you thought about it? Pricing? Yeah. Yeah so, so yeah, so pricing is always a, a factor for us. But when I look at it uh, from kind of two vantage points, one is <clears throat> does the price allow me to provide a better customer experience, right? So is my CSAS score going to go up? Is my um, customer effort score going to go up, uh, NPS? So I'll look at that piece. Um, I'll also look at uh, does it drive towards efficiency? So can I get more with less, right? So before I needed 20 agents to do this, now I could do this with 12 agents because of this tool. So those are the types of things I kind of evaluate. There's actually a really interesting conversation here. Zendesk, I, I, I disagree with you. I think for, for the sake of ticketing, Zendesk is, an, <laughs> is a great tool. But the problem for us is that it's ticketing-centric. And in a world that the ticket is not the center of the universe, the, there's not as much value in that. And so you, you then have to augment the process with like a middleware tier for doing decisioning, um, a bunch of APIs that you custom write down to your, data, your own in-house databases, maybe a chat bot to filter things out, um, then some custom work on your own front end to do the filtering to get to that point. So, it, the value proposition is, um, and, then, and then to enable that to work successfully, we're, we're finding that we need to make very narrow, little, tiny um, tools for our agents. So a generalized tool for the agent for doing the in-house work, and then little tiny tools for doing very specific slices of decisioning. Is that built in-house for you? We're, we're building that in-house, yeah. And because we're not finding that that tooling's out there. Um, and so in that world, you know, if Zendesk is the only product that's running your customer service organization, you can afford to give them a bunch of money because they are, you're reliant on it and everything's centered on that. But in the world where Zendesk is not, or a ticketing system in general is not the center, and you need, you know, a dozen other things just to make it a complete solution, the value of that, that versus the entire spend that you have on CX goes, is, is, it just can't be the same. Could you describe your, your tech stack a little bit more? It's, it's, it, sounds, well, it sounds very well thought out. 
what, where we are now, well, where we are and where we're going, right? So where we are now, it's, it's relatively simple. So we have um, our own in-house custom. So think of, thinking about the flow, it goes from um, we, have our own, we have our own home-built um, um, help center website um, that does some filtering. Then the conversation goes straight into Zendesk, and then the agent checks out in a um, home-built tool that's been built up over the years, you know, basically an everything-for-everyone kind of system, um, does their work, and then comes back to the ticketing to make a response. Um, but really, that doesn't solve the purpose, because what should be happening is, at the beginning, the, the user says what they want, some sort of chat interface, most likely, so that we can cut down the conversation flows. There's a filtering through chatbots, and then there's some automation layer underneath that that solves some of the problems immediately, farms off particular portions of the problems to an agent. Um, so, for example, let's say you want to do a return. Um, about you bought something, which is what we, we, buy, we buy and sell things, or we enable people to buy and sell things, and people have problems with their items, so they want to return them. And an agent needs to check and say, oh, okay, so this photo that the person who listed the product gave matches this photo, and so this person's purse is the same thing on the buyer and the seller side, or maybe it's not. So there's some decisions that need to be made, um, and we're building, that's what we're building the custom, custom tools for. Are, are there any tools that you guys are looking for but couldn't find the market that you wish someone, maybe a startup, would, would build? Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I, can, I can speak to that. Tell, tell me more. Uh, there's hundreds of tools, obviously. I mean, there's a concept of jobs to be done, right? It's like, I don't want to do anything, right? Like, I want the software to do everything for me. As a user, that's the common philosophy, right? To an extent that you can do a job for somebody or cut down the time that it takes to perform a specific task. That, what, what kind of tasks are you talking about here? Uh, so so we're, we have the communications uh, platform, right? So for us... Right now, kind of like one of the most uh, <laughs> uh, tedious tasks that we hear from users and our customers is uh, taking notes during the meetings. So it's just like you have a meeting, and then there's always somebody to sit there and take notes. That's a tedious task. Um, and what's even worse is after you took those notes, you need to get everyone's email address. Let's say there are 10 people or 100 people in that meeting. Hunt those email addresses. <laughs> Then have the you know craft a perfect email and then send those notes and then Ed mentioned somebody this is you know the person needs to follow up on whatever they promised to deliver it takes forever <laughs> right so um, would be great to have something like that um, that automates it in a millisecond there's an action item there's a person accountable for it and maybe ideally at the ideal state of flow in in a week or two weeks there is a check-in hey. <laughs> How was that action item? Was it done, or does it need more time? And uh, just and I think that that flow would apply to any kind of uh, team to streamline that communication and and really not allow users to not drop the ball, so to speak, right? So if it can be automated, awesome. I, I've also looked for tools like that. I think <laughs> I think the challenge in the last maybe five years is the technology is evolving to a point where. Yes. This is accurate enough to yeah, do. Absolutely. Right? Uh, but there's a number of solutions now in the market. Yeah. Absolutely. Do yeah, you want to say? I, I would like to say, so on that, Mark, so I think the thing that I struggle with that I love to see, that may be a tool out there, I don't know. If you guys know of a tool, let me know. But it's around kind of capturing the unstructured data, right? So 
I'll give you an example. So we, in our marketplace, we have uh, our tools, again, online uh, education. So we have a lot of people who make comments on our videos, right? So they may be making a comment about Anna Windsor's class, right, in a particular uh, lesson. Uh, at the same token, we have a community forum where people are communicating back and forth, as well as we get tickets, right, for email and, and, and what have you. It would be nice to be able to take all that unstructured data and kind of get some sentiment information in, get some uh, product feedback information, get a real sense of the voice of the customer. Uh, and I think that's, to me, if I had a tool that can actually capture all that, digest all that, and come back and say, all right, Joanne says this, Milo says that, Peter says that, that would be actually helpful uh, for me. And I don't really see a tool that allows me to kind of capture all of that and to provide some real uh, feedback back to a management team that says, here's what, you're, here's what our customer is saying about a piece. So there is a tool like that. We use it. We have it on the Zoom app marketplace. It's called Chorus.ai. Um, this solution is actually verticalized specifically for salespeople. It listens to the sales call, listens to the pitch, and scans for certain keywords, and then assigns a probability of closing the deal depending on certain keywords, right? Like you mentioned discounts, the probability of closing the deal is probably higher. But maybe on the other hand, the salespeople shouldn't mention the word discount right in the first five minutes of the conversation, right? Let's test the waters and see if you can get the full price for, for the product, right? So. Mm -hmm. Things like that, cores, gong, mm -hmm. um, for the sales, and I'm sure there's Something others for support side. and others, yeah. Yeah, I think that the vertical-specific ones are interesting, like cores and gong. I've also seen ones that are more horizontal around mm -hmm. sentiment analysis, like uh, support logic and many yeah. others for yeah. support. Um, but uh, that, that's at least two startup ideas right there, guys. Yeah, uh, right. How about you, Peter? What's, what's your third? What I'd like to have is Mechanical Turk that's almost like a service platform, but for um, not to everybody. So we could have BPOs, for example, pick up particular functionality, and then that would the custom implementation within it would be easier. Interesting. So more context-specific mechanical turking. Yeah. Okay. Very cool. How about the audience? I feel like we're having a conversation here. Any any thoughts? Any questions? Any comments? What tools do you guys use? Come on. Yeah, I'm familiar with ClearBridge, yeah. So, right, and that's a great question. Uh, so ClearBridge, uh, this is in the past when I worked at Google, I looked at ClearBridge. Um, but now, I haven't looked at them for my current uh, piece. My concern was when I looked at it in the past was that they wouldn't be able to capture the information from our uh, internal piece. So when I talked about the video comment piece, that's the thing that really makes it uh, difficult because it's on our platform and trying to extract that information and then tie the metadata uh, from that piece with the metadata from our community forum, what have you, is where the, where the challenge lies. Yeah, so, but Clarity is a good product. Yeah, Clarity is a good product. Yeah, and to add to that, a lot of sentiment analysis tools, I think they're missing that last mile of really dissecting those insights and connecting the dots, so to speak, right? The, the, the person that you're selling the software is a, a manager, right? The sales right. manager, support manager. Yep. So you have all the sentiments. People are happy, people are angry, frustrated. But then, like, connect the dots so the manager can actually take advantage of this data. It's like, it doesn't help to say, like, yes, in the past 10 days, five customers were frustrated. Like, just if the software could actually have that extra mile, to provide an insight and potential suggestion or extra you know, action item for the manager to take to improve the outcome, that would be gold. 
I would say. Because just delivering the insight is not enough. Awesome. Well, I think we're out of time. Thank you guys so much. I am personally super bullish as operations kind of moves becomes the next product. And I'm super bullish to see what everyone is building uh, in terms of operations tool. So if you guys have cool ideas, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Thank, Thank you. you.